Hello, hello. Welcome back. We are on episode number 12 of the Footy Pod now. Today's guest is Ben Bauer. Ben is the founder and commissioner of the Dallas Soccer Alliance, which is a local amateur league here in Dallas that boasts over 36 teams across six divisions in just their second season of operation this past spring. So I'm really proud of the work that Ben's done so far with DSA. Um, I'm happy to have this conversation with him. Uh, just a forewarning, however, the audio does get a little weird. I'm, I'm recording remotely on this episode for the first time while we're in this quarantine period. So bear with me on that. There are times where it sounds like there's awkward pauses between us. And then there are other moments where it sounds like I'm talking over him and cutting him off. So... Obviously, that didn't actually happen, but um, hope you guys get some value out of it anyways. Uh, ben discusses a really important topic that I think a lot of people can relate to, and that's just the challenge that he had of stepping out of his comfort zone. So um, hopefully you do get some value out of it, and if you do, remember to share the episode with your friends share it on your insta stories or whatever you might do Um, but help us get the word out like it subscribe to the show and um, you know do what you got to do to share it with the people that you think might also get value out of it hope you guys enjoy benjamin bauer what's happening man what's up sean i'm doing good how are you how's your quarantine um i haven't played soccer for about three weeks so Um, I'm getting pretty good at FIFA. Um, yeah, that's about that's about how it's going so far. <laughs> I feel you, man. I'm I'm itching to get back on the pitch too, but uh, I feel like I may need to invest in a PS4 or an Xbox because FIFA seems to be the thing right now. I haven't played uh, online esports in probably since college, so. Um... Yeah, that's that's about all I could figure out to just to spend my time to actually get a little soccer fix in since yeah, I can't, can't play it, can't watch it, can't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost as good as the real thing at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's about as all you can do now. Exactly. So, Benjamin Bauer. Any relation to Jack Bauer? Um, actually no relation to Jack Bauer. Um, I like to claim <laughs> Eddie Bauer as my uncle. Um, Eddie, that's who I was going to ask next. Awesome. What a legend. Although that was the case, I probably would be doing a lot, of, a lot of other stuff with my life right now. What's that? Say again? I said if Eddie Bauer was my uncle, I'd probably be in a lot better situation right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, nonetheless, you're in great company. So, uh, Ben, I've known you for about three years, two years. Yeah, three years. Three, four years, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. You guest played with our premier team when we were still uh, amateur status. I guess technically we're still amateur status, but when we were playing back in the old NTPSA, you used to guest play with us in some tournaments. Had you uh, come on board for our infamous semi uh, semifinal run <laughs> back in 2017 where you scored, what, like five goals in three games? Oh, man, I don't even remember how many goals we scored, but I remember your free kick to, as time expired and double overtime to send it to PKs in the semifinals. And then I don't think anybody had legs under them to actually shoot a PK to win it, though. <laughs> well, 
Well, it's a good thing we didn't win that penalty shootout because I we would have had enough players in the final. Man, I don't even think we had enough players to finish that game, so I can't yeah. imagine what we would have done in, with Drop another 90-minute game under 100-degree heat. For sure. So what's your background? I, I, I don't think I really have asked you too much about it. Are you from Dallas originally? So I'm from Ohio originally, uh, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Um, spent 18 years there until I went to University of Cincinnati for college uh, to get a, gotcha. a little bit a- outside of you know my hometown, but still staying close to family. Um, yeah. And I've been in Dallas for about six years now, since 2014. Uh, I came down just for, for work and got got playing soccer and kind of got connected through the soccer community once I got here nice nice so were you involved a lot in soccer you know back home did you play club yeah I was I mean I that's pretty much all I've known since I was you know a kid I can't even tell you when I started playing I mean it's before I even remember um yeah and yeah I grew up I didn't play at too high of a level growing up really I you know my dad coached me and my two brothers and we all kind of played on the same teams and um, once I got, you know, a little bit older into the middle school age group, I kind of started moving up into, you know, other clubs that had a little bit better coaching because <laughs> since my dad never even played a competitive soccer game in his life, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it got me on the right track. And so I played, um, played with a couple of different club teams in Ohio and, you know, it was never, never at the highest level there was in Ohio, but it was enough to, you know, keep me interested and keep growing my soccer game. Were you always just ridiculously fast? <laughs> uh, you know, probably maybe when I was about six, seven, I think I realized I was faster than most people. Um, I didn't really grow into into my height until I was, you know, in high school, though. So I couldn't quite outrun everyone until I grew my long legs. And Oof. Yeah. But then once you did, it was dangerous, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, I didn't have to worry about. Uh, my skills as much because I could just outrun people back then and now you know you start to people start to catch up with you so you gotta you gotta learn a few new tricks right right well yeah that's the one thing that stands out in your game the most you can literally just run past anybody I bet that took you pretty far yeah I mean it's it's been helpful um you know it's a great great skill to have in soccer but it's also um gets you fouled quite a bit uh you know I I stopped playing indoor because you know it was too too easy to run around people and then you just get fouled and chopped down and banged um, into the wall banged into the wall so you know it it has its pluses and it's got its minuses but yeah (laughs) I would rather have speed than not speed (laughs) for sure for sure I'm sure all of us would (laughs) so um you moved to Dallas at what age? So I was, uh, I just graduated college. Um, I actually okay. uh, took my final exam, had dinner, and drove through the night to um, get out here. So that was when I was 21 years old, right when I graduated. Um, so what brought you here? So I came down to work for FC Dallas. Uh, okay. I in- interned with them back in college uh, with yeah. the grounds, grounds department and, and their front office a little bit. And so is that uh, what you were hoping to do in college? Uh, that was probably, so I had four majors in college and the final one I ended up with wasn't quite what I 
actually got took a job in. So um, it's kind of a funny story. I started in interior design, actually. Um, okay. And that's why I went to Cincinnati, because they have one of the best programs in the country. And after about a year and a half of that or so, I kind of realized that wasn't where I wanted to go. So I bounced around for a few different majors. I um, took a semester off and just worked in sports. Um, I never even realized that was, you know, an option growing up. I, you know, I love sports, but no one really presents that to you as, you know, a career field, uh, growing up at least. And once I started working in sports and a couple different internships, you know, I kind of realized that that's where I wanted to go. So I ended up switching into sports administration, um, bachelor's program. And after I graduated, I took a job in groundskeeping for, FC Dallas, you know, taking care of the sports fields, which again is a different major, but you know, it's all somewhat related and sure. Um, still involved in sports heavily. And it got you in the door, which is what you wanted. And that's really yeah, cool. And I definitely wanted to focus on that part of your story a, a little bit more because that's something that is like like you mentioned before, people don't really think about working in sports, but there's so much opportunity in sports. There's so many things that have to get done that you don't even think about how they get done and that's one of them like who takes care of the pitch it's like you've got a world-class pitch sitting there it doesn't just make itself someone takes care of that and there's like a team that takes care of that and you got to see like firsthand you know kind of the inside scoop as to how all that works yeah exactly and I mean a lot of people don't don't really realize I mean one you know all the different opportunities to work in sports but also, you know, the groundskeeping side of it, people just, you know, there's a, there's a whole major, there's master's programs. I mean, it's, it's a complete science. It's, it's almost like you're trying to, you know, you're growing a living organism. So you have to understand the soil, you have to understand the chemicals, uh, the water, you know, everything that goes into it that people just don't realize, you know, it's not just going out and cutting the grass and, you know, watering it. There's a whole lot more that goes into it. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I got to see yeah. that see that firsthand, and um, it's a really cool um, field to be involved in. Definitely. So I'm sure you have to be conscious of, like, time of the year, what kind of grass you're growing, and all that plays a factor into the things you just mentioned, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, the U.S. is kind of split into a few different regions. You've got your cool season grasses, which are more like what I grew up with up in Ohio. You've got your... Uh, southern grasses which is you know what you'd have in kind of florida south texas and then right where we're at in the transition zone you kind of have to go back and forth because you know since we're playing outdoor year long um, our southern grasses like bermuda don't stay um, don't stay growing year round so you got to overseed them with your cool season grasses and so you know it's it's constantly changing throughout the year based on your weather based on your soil temperatures Um, you gotta you know be constantly uh, adjusting to the environment and changing how you take care of it. So does that make it more challenging to keep fields nice in top condition here versus on either coast? Um, you know, being on the coast, I, you know, you're going to have some of your own challenges, but I would say it's more about um, your temperature is more of an issue that you have to keep an eye out for. So like if you think about the EPL over in England, you know, they're cool season because, you know, they don't get too hot. They don't get too many freezing days. Um, so they have ryegrass out there for pretty much every field. And, 
you know, that's, that's probably the easiest area to manage. Still, obviously there's a lot of challenges that go with it. Um, the warm season areas, you know, South Texas, um, you know, they're going to be in a similar boat as the school season, but being in the transition zone, constantly going back and forth between the two different, um, grasses is a really big challenge because, um, they're, they're constantly competing with each other. So if you're, you know, trying to grow two different things and on one, on one pitch, you know, you got to kind of balance which one takes precedent different times of the year. And then do you like cross blend those? So you're not, you know, there are um, a lot of genetics that go into it and they grow different types of grasses and develop new breeds of grass um, constantly at universities. Uh, A&M does that quite a bit. Uh, So we're not really, you know, you're mixing the grasses together on the same field, but you're transitioning back and forth between the two. So your Bermuda is there year round, um, but it goes dormant probably late October, November, kind of depending on when you get your freezes and then you're overseed it with your ryegrass. So your ryegrass is going to be there to keep your grass green and still have something to protect the Bermuda through the winter's time. And then April, May, you start getting rid of that ryegrass. So your summertime, all you have is your Bermuda. And so you're constantly, you know, a few months with each grass and then a few months where you're transitioning back and forth. Um, so yeah, it's a lot to go, you know, to try to manage uh, when you're trying to, do two two different types of grasses yeah a year. i bet um what's the coolest field you've worked on or, or venue um so i when i took a semester off of school um i worked out for the washington redskins and you know it's it's a lot of you know mls is great and i love soccer um but being in the u.s since football is king you know, just having the environment, being able to work on, you know, a National Football League stadium field. You know, when you only really have three, four people taking care of the field and you have 80,000 people in the stands watching you, you know, do your job. And then you have another few million people on TV watching. Um, I think being able to take care of that field, do the field paintings, painting logos, end zones. I mean, it, it you get a lot of pride in what you do, being able to see that on on a TV I bet. Yeah. So it's, those are two different things pretty much, you know, the, the actual field painting, the striping versus the growing of the grass and the maintenance. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely a couple, you know, there's a lot of different jobs that go into groundskeeping and depending on your sport, you know, you kind of wear a different hat for different days of the week. Um, So when I, you know, got into soccer, you're still painting on a weekly basis. You're painting your field lines, but you're not doing the, stencils the logos the detail work where you're essentially a painter just on top of a sports field so it's not necessarily specialists in each area but you know people that work on on the grounds can generally do most of those jobs yeah and in every every groundskeeper's job or um you know anytime you go to a different job or a different location each place is going to have you know slightly different role roles for you know, what you're doing, whether you're at a, you know, say the city of Dallas sports fields that have a hundred something fields to take care of versus an NFL field where you have one field, right. but it's on national television. So you're all doing similar jobs, but it just kind of depends on what your audience is and, um, you know, so what, who, who you're maintaining it for. Makes sense. Um, so you started out working with FC Dallas, actually, you know, helping to maintain 
their uh, stadium pitch as well as the Toyota fields, right? Like the, the fields outside the stadium. Yeah. So that was my internship was okay. up in Frisco. Uh, I spent three or four months up there uh, helping with the stadium field, helping with the outside fields, kind of doing a little bit of everything, just depending on what, what they had going on. It was in the fall. So they had MLS going on. They had high school football going on. You know, they had tournaments out on their outside fields. We had ultimate Frisbee national championships out there. So I got to see a lot of different, different activities out there. We had concerts on the stadium. Um, so you really, you know, get to see a whole lot of different events when you're in groundskeeping. And then that's right around the time that they were completing construction of MoneyGram. Yeah, so I spent another semester at school, and that's when they were working on the finishing touches of MoneyGram. And then um, maybe a couple months before I even graduated college, I got I talked with uh, Troy, our director out there, and you know he offered me the job, and it was essentially waiting for me there once I graduated. And um, yeah, I drove down and started at MoneyGram, which is you know similar to Frisco up there. We have there's 20 soccer fields out there and um, you know, it's similar with to Toyo's outside fields, just minus the stadium. Right. So then that was about five, six years that you were in that position. Yeah, I was there. I almost got to six years, not quite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time to learn and um, kind of see what all Dallas soccer had to offer and, you know, I met a lot of great people there, learned a lot, and um, you know, I'll keep that with me forever. Yeah, you really did pick a good way to immerse yourself into the soccer community because it is uh, a, a, a big, but at the same time, really tight soccer community here in Dallas. So once you're in, you're in. And, um, you know, I got to know you during that time as well through the NCPSA teams, you played on another team. So we were able to come out and scrimmage you guys at MoneyGram from time to time, which was awesome because, you know, we never get to experience playing on, on that level of, of fields, uh, except for the annual Budweiser cup, but that was pretty much it. And I kept telling you at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, we should get more friendlies out here. We should, you know, just try and try and do more out here since you were so well connected with them and, and, um, you know, we, we just kept playing at NTPSA because that was all that w- there really was available. No one um, really had any other options as far as playing outdoor 11 v 11. And um, it's been a year now since you have started Dallas Soccer Alliance. So tell us more about, you know, the inspiration behind starting that and kind of what y'all's plans are over the next couple of years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I worked out at MoneyGram for, you know, five years and I played in, I don't know how many different soccer leagues in Dallas. I mean, I could count them on a few different hands. I mean, five, 10 leagues easily. And yeah, there's a lot of great leagues in Dallas. There's some not great leagues, but kind of what I came to find out is there's not a lot of, good leagues on nice sports fields, nice soccer fields in Dallas. I mean, that's just, there's just not an option for adults um, out there to play on nice fields. And, you know, we'd always scrimmage out at MoneyGram. I would, you know, just kick around with my friends because, you know, I had access to them, but 
not many other people would have that option unless, you know, they had their kids playing out there. But so I, you know, I wanted to do something where I could just play on the fields more. And um, so that's when I kind of got the idea to, you know, do something out there. And I ended up starting with a 77 league. We started last May or June, I think, um, out there just to get some, get some games going. And um, the more I got to talking with people, uh, the more I realized the need for, you know, quality, quality soccer league on quality sports fields. And um, last fall, we started our 11 v 11 league with, oh, I don't know how many teams we had, 18 teams. Um, And now the spring we're over 40 and, you know, it's just, just blowing up as quick as I can, you know, allow people to join and get field space. Um, So just, just the fact that people have a, a, a place to play on nice sports fields that aren't, you know, tore up with dirt and, you know, you, you're rolling hills where you're going to twist an ankle and just having a better option out there is was kind of my whole goal behind Dallas Soccer Alliance. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job of it so far. I mean, just like even with the simple stuff, like having a nice logo, having a nice website, like having a social presence, but then more of the nitty gritty stuff too with the registration process. I know that that was a, a big thing with NTPSA and, you know, for some reason they're still doing it, but just this ancient uh, registration process where you got to go into this, you know, one room office in, in Richardson and wait for hours in line to get a picture taken and to fill out some forms that could easily be done online. So it's like, you, you solved that problem, which was one headache. And then, you know, also the problem of the quality of the fields that we would play on, play on in that league. I mean, it was borderline dangerous. Like I was getting to the point where I would just, I didn't really want to play anymore for that reason. Like I didn't want to get injured just trying to play a soccer game. And, and, you know, it just got to the point where we were looking for something else. You guys hadn't started yet, but the UPSL became available. And so we just made the move, you know what I mean? Like the, I guess, expenses weren't going to be too much different for that first season for us. So it just made sense to go ahead and, and, and make that move. And then I remember when you guys started, I saw that you had started. I just thought to myself, man, it's about time. You know what I mean? Like I've been telling him he's got to do that and he finally did it. And, and now he's going to see, you know, the success come back to him in return. Like, and I know you're not really doing it for the reason and you are doing it for the right reasons. Like it's just to, it's just to give people a better, you know, experience and to give, it starts with the experience you wanted to provide yourself. And that oftentimes, you know, what entrepreneurs start out doing is creating something that they in fact wanted for themselves. And now they're putting it out in scale so that, everyone else that is like them can enjoy it. And so, um, you know, you're, like I said, you're doing a good job. I'm excited to see where it's going to go from here because it's growing very, very quickly. Have you had, have you always had kind of that entrepreneurial spirit, that mindset? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, it's always been my goal to, you know, run my own business, to work for myself. Um, You know, I I love, working at MoneyGram and taking care of the fields, but just just the idea of, 
you know, having to report to someone else, having to, you know, if someone else wants you to do something, if someone else, you know, thinks, thinks one way, you kind of almost have to follow because, you know, they're your boss and, or they're your boss's boss or whatever. And, you know, I had great, great people I worked with and, you know, it wasn't necessarily an issue, but I always just wanted to be able to, you know, kind of control my own destiny and control where I ended up in life. And, um, so I've always wanted to do that. I've, you know, I've, would watch shark tank since the day it's been on and just seeing other people's ideas, seeing how people built businesses. Inspiring, um, right? And I can remember back in. I said what? it's inspiring, right? Like it makes you think of ideas. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, back in even like elementary school, I remember I would, I would do just the stupidest things to make something to sell to someone just so I could, you know, make a couple extra dollars that I could go spend somewhere. And, um, you know, it's always been with me. It's always been a, passion of mine to to run my own business i i never really knew knew what it would be i knew it would um i thought it would most likely be in sports somehow and um you know once this opportunity came i I still didn't even think of it as a business i thought of it just as you know a way to play with some friends and some teams that i knew to um, play on you know but some better fields have you know a better registration process you know just a simpler simpler easier soccer league to play in and then it just kind of grew from there and turned into something that you know i could really make a full-time full-time career out of. oh definitely like that's with question you're the dallas soccer alliance is about to get a lot a lot bigger but like i said you are doing it for the right reasons and so it's clear like you know that your intentions are pure but at the same time that you're going to be able to I mean it is a business so you have to treat it as such so what are the biggest what are some of the I guess biggest challenges you faced you know so far um you know I think some of the the biggest challenges especially here in Dallas you know everyone's just been so used to you know like NTPSA or some of the other leagues that have been around for decades and decades I mean my team alone and NTPSA played there for 30 plus seasons. Um, I'd played there, I don't know, eight or nine seasons. And um, I took over as captain after, you know, a couple of years playing with them. And so people are just, people are resistant to change, I would say. Um, so trying to educate people on, you know, what I'm trying to do, trying to, you know, create this better league that people can play in. And um, a lot of people don't want to necessarily, you know, it's the fear of, fear of the known or fear of the unknown you you kind of know what you're in but you don't know what you might be getting into and whether it's going to be better sure. or worse um so trying to get people to kind of buy in um was probably the hardest thing to start with um especially just trying to spread the word that you know what we're who we are and what we're trying to do um but once we got and got that going probably just teaching myself how to run a business i mean this is something you don't really learn in school i mean you learn you know your basic stuff for a little bit of this and a little bit of that but you don't learn how to run social media accounts you don't learn how to um file for you know all your business license how to get the insurances um so there's a lot that you know you really don't know until you do it and so trying to kind of learn as you go and um i've had a lot of great people help me along the way and help mentor different areas that I've needed, you know, help with. And I think that's, that's probably been the biggest benefit of the soccer community is just the willingness of everyone to pitch in and help 
you know, if they're asked upon. Yeah, you have kind of created that little bit of a community already. And I, I would imagine that getting those initial, you know, I guess five, six teams, enough to form a division to convert from NTPSA to DSA was the biggest challenge for sure. But then once they kind of saw the community that was really developing within DSA, I mean, even just in the name, it's called Dallas Soccer Alliance. So it's a, an alliance of teams, of clubs, of people. It's not a, a league, you know what I mean? Like it is a league, but um, I think name. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've always kind of, um, you know, approached it that, you know, I'm not, it's not my soccer league. It's the teams, the players, the captains, it's their league. I'm just here to help run it for them. Um, so I'm always telling the captains, you know, if there's anything you want changed, if there's anything you love about it, anything you hate about it, you know, just give me a call, text me, email me, whatever. And, you know, we'll make changes to this league to be the best league, you know, for you, because that's who, that's who it's for. It's for, you know, the players. It's not, it's not my league. I mean, I have, you know, if I want something done, you know, a certain way, that makes no sense because other people are the ones actually playing in it. And so that's that's kind of my whole goal behind it is to make it, you know, what, what the players want. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think, you know, once those teams and those initial teams did make that switch, they that was clear to see. And so then at that point, I mean, it's just going to spread like wildfire because now you have those people just spreading the word for you and you don't really have to do anything at that point has have you found that that's the case oh yeah for sure i mean i you know i don't have to spend a single dollar on marketing because the players in the league are my marketing and they tell me you know they're spreading the word to other players about uh, the league they're playing in and you know things they enjoy about it and so you know i i have limited capacity in the league just because there's only so many quality soccer fields you know in dallas and um so that's something we're working on is trying to you know find more field space that you know is quality that i would you know feel comfortable having people on because you know i've i've gotten injured i've broken you know my ankle on sports fields out here in dallas and so i don't want to put that for other people hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But yeah, so, you know, I get calls. I get texts. I mean, I'll get, you know, five teams a week sometimes just saying hey you know when's registration open hey can you tell me more about your league you know we're interested um and so it's you know when it first started it was reaching out to people here and there and now it's you know it's just constant people reaching out to me and um, that was always the goal of it because you know you let your you let your brand speak for itself and people will come yeah and and that capacity issue is really not an issue that's actually a, a positive because it's going to build value for your organization you know what i mean like it, it it doesn't even if you're not able to accept everyone in you know you have that waiting list that's going to build value and you want that yeah and it definitely helps um you know to an extent you know i 
would love to be able to let more teams in eventually. But um, for now, you know, it, it does help because it it gives me a little bit more control on the team's behavior, I guess. So you could say, you know, making sure teams because we don't you know, there's a lot of teams in in the area that you might not want to play against on a weekly basis. And, you know, we, we're trying to build a community feel to this league where, you know, you people know each other. People are friendly. You know, it's a hard fought soccer game, but you know, people aren't getting in fights. People aren't, you know, there's not three red cards a game. So, you know, be able to have, have the capacity to, um, you know, that team, the fact that teams know, you know, I have a waiting list of teams ready to get in. And if, you know, they have players that misbehave, you know, they, they may not be able to ask, or they may not be asked to return. So um, it definitely, it improves my brand and it improves the, you know, quality, I think, in the community feel we have. In the yeah, league. and then just having a stronger vetting process is only going to continue to improve that too. And, um, you know, even though we weren't involved that first season, we did hop in this season and we threw our reserve team into your open league. And what I like about it is just not only, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of those teams came over from NTPSA, so I'm familiar with them. I know a lot of their players and things like that. But then there are also a few teams that are other UPSL reserve teams. So you have those really high-level teams that came from NTPSA, but then you have the professionalism of the UPSL teams that are putting their reserve teams in. And so, you know, when you have that, I guess, um, individual responsibility from each team to just maintain a good standard, you know, like maintain good uh, sportsmanship, you know, make sure you're doing things the right way, then there's not going to be any problems. It's just whenever you have, you know, an organization that I guess – doesn't put as much emphasis on, you know, maintaining that structure is where you have problems. Yeah. And when you get, you know, what I like about, you know, our soccer league is that, you know, we are small. I am able to control the, you know, the competition level, the quality of teams, you know, once you get to, you know, a hundred plus teams, it's, it makes it really difficult to build a, you know, control yeah, you can't manage all that in the league. Yeah, and so the fact that, you know, we are smaller, it, it keeps that, you know, competition even. It keeps, um, you know, the quality just in the whole league better because I'm able to manage, you know, everything so much easier than trying to, you know, duplicate it on four times the level. Right, and like we said before, you're bringing the right people in that are able to uh, offer help and assistance in certain areas that you may need it which will allow you to scale and get bigger. So, you know, that's something that you're doing a good job of too, and you're developing real good relationships with the right people in, in your organization. Now I've been happy to see, happy to see it for sure. It's unfortunate that uh, we got shut down halfway through the season, but hopefully we get back on the pitch soon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it, we had a great fall season, um, you know, for, kind of our launch of the 11 v 11 and you know we had a hiccup here there which was expected but in you know it went miles above better than I could have ever hoped for um and then you have our spring season where we expanded a little bit and um you know had some newer clubs like you know you guys join in and then you know we get two or three games into the season you get a bunch of rain you get rain outs you get 
then this virus coming through and it's like, man, dude, this is like the season yeah. that will never end. And who knows when, when we're going to get back it on the field. But, does feel like the past yeah. two years has just been a consistent rain out or cancellation. Doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, I mean, you never know what you're going to get in Texas with weather, but especially in the spring season, I mean, it might it might rain for a month straight. You might not get a single single yeah. raindrop for a month, so you just never know what you're going to get. Um, and that was kind of one thing when we went into this league was we got a lot of teams got upset with, you know, other leagues' policies and how you would, you know, if you only play a few games in a season, the rest get rained out and they cancel the season, well, if you don't get your money back, you're going to be pretty upset because you paid for soccer games you're never going to play. And so that was kind of a big part of, you know, bringing teams over is having policies in place to, you know, ensure teams aren't paying for games they don't play in. And, um, you know, because I have, I have a team myself in the league and I have players on my team that don't like, you know, those types of policies. So the fact that we can, you know, create something from the ground up where we, you know, institute our own policies on things like that, just just for events that are happening right now and, you know, at least keeps people happy and coming back even despite all the rain or pandemics, whatever might be going on. Yeah, and, and you guys have done a good job with, you know, keeping everyone in the loop with the communication. I'm sure you've gotten tons of questions and stuff, but overall, I bet that it's been pretty chill. You know, everyone understands the situation and you've been up front about you know the payment situation and and how that's all going to play out i mean that's the 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 number one reason why we made the like what our final straw was in making the decision to switch from ntpsa and make the jump to upsl it was that one season i believe it was fall yeah it would have been fall of 2017 where we played like four games and we end up having to pay full price for the whole league. And it's like, well, what is this about? Like, how is that even um, justified? Like, how can, how can that, how can that be possible? And, you know, they don't tell us anything. There's no communication until you get, you know, closer to the registration for the next season. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll give everyone a $10 discount. It's like, yo, that's not going to cut it. You know what I mean? Like, so I didn't even. I, yeah, it, it's always it's always been my goal. You know, communication has been you know the number one most important thing for our league is having a commissioner that's reachable. Um, you know, having policies that are straightforward, having you know a social media account that communicates what's happening in the league. You know, is posting pictures about you know our players and you know just having you know our our players knowing that, you know, if they have an issue, they can reach out and they're going to get an answer that day or the next day. And, um, you know, having that community that, you know, people want to reach out and tell you if there's an issue. And, you know, that's just what, that's what makes our league better is when people tell me issues they have. And, you know, I I love criticism and love to learn from things and, you know, make improvements. Well, yeah, I mean, we're living in 2020. And so you got to move with the times and all you, I mean, you didn't recreate, you know, uh, a, a completely new idea. It's the same idea. All you did was repackage it. Re- Goodness, I cannot even talk properly today. All you did was repackage it into a new format, into the modern day and age. And that's where I think NTPSA 
missed out on a major opportunity is they just didn't move with the times. And I know there's some juicy drama between you guys. You want to share? <laughs> sure. I'd love to share. Um, you know, I've never, I've never had an interest in, um, you know, any type of harm to any other league or, you know, bad words to other leagues, you know, everyone, you know, some other leagues are doing, you know, what, what they think is their, is best for, you know, their players and stuff. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I don't have anything against NTPSA personally. Um, you know, I kind of created the soccer league and yeah, we have some competition between our teams and, um, you know, so there was never an issue between leagues. It was more of a certain member of their league that, um, decided he didn't like what I was doing. Um, and so he was their, their treasury on their, their, yeah, he was their treasurer on their board. Um, and since he's been removed for all of his actions, you know, against me oh, and my league and, um, I didn't know that. Part. Yeah. So, so basically when this all started was, um, he started sending letters to me, to FC Dallas, to the city of Dallas, basically just complaining about, um, complaining about my league, saying we were, you know, getting special benefits, doing it was basically just a long list of lies, is essentially what it was. And you know, I just kind of ignored it, I ignored it, ignored it. Um, and eventually, you know, he sent enough letters that people started asking questions. And you know, SC Dallas had my back, and City of Dallas had my back, and said, Look, there's nothing wrong that with what he's doing, he's making a better product, you know, if you guys wanted to, you could easily make changes to your league. Um, and so, you know, we, we found out that it, there was this one guy that was causing all these issues and, um, he eventually decided he wanted to file a lawsuit against me in the league because again, <laughs> you know, it's just a bunch of made up lies. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know what his, his goal was. I think the main reason he did all this was, to get me to stop. Oh yeah, threaten his operation. Hope he could maybe, maybe he could scare me off, um, because you know he thought maybe I was naive and didn't really know what he was he was trying to do by trying to extort me for you know everything that I was trying to build, um, and so you know the lawsuit happened and luckily I had insurance that covered it and covered my costs for a uh, lawyer and actually it's funny because I've got probably. 10 to 15 lawyers at least that play in the <laughs> Dallas soccer Alliance, And, you know, so if you have them reached out to me and said, Hey, what can we do to help? And, you know, I have a couple on my own soccer team. And so I was always able to bounce ideas off of. Um, so I actually got one of the members from our league to uh, represent me and, you know, file the motions, whatever on our behalf. And probably within a month of, you know, him realizing that we weren't backing down, he decided he was going to, dropped the lawsuit. Uh, he got kicked off the board of NTPSA. Um, you know, so I'm not sure where he is at this point, but he's not, you know, he kind of gave up on his fight because I think he realized that, you know, there was no basis to what he was doing. It was just essentially him trying to make a big, big fuss over someone who created a better product. Uh, um, you know, we always, com- we always compared it to, you know, I created a Whataburger yeah. next to his McDonald's stand. And just because people prefer Whataburger, you know. That's how business works, buddy. um, Luckily, that's all behind us now. Um, You know, I don't have anything against NTPSA. It 
it wasn't really them doing it. It was, you know, just a member sure. of their organization that they didn't necessarily have control of. And, you know, they removed him. And so, you know, we, we kind of do our own thing. We don't really, you know, work together necessarily, but, you know, we're not fighting each other on the back end anymore. Yeah. So you can't let that. stuff like that, you know, distract you from what you're trying to do. It's not a, it's not a, you know, make or break situation. So you just got to roll with the punches and keep going, man. Sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, you know, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking because it was actually my first day um, after I had left FC Dallas. It was my first official day working full time for myself, self-employed. And about four hours into the day, I got a call from the comptroller of city of Dallas. No way. Got the first to day. Me. <laughs> like, oh, man. So that was the your first day. I was like entrepreneurship right there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. Um, okay. Well, we're running a little bit out of time. I know you got, you know, so much you probably have to do in this time of quarantine right now. So you taking the time out of your day <laughs> to, to talk to me, but um as we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, just kind of review and um, leave people with a positive message. So the first one is, you know, with DSA, you're just getting kind of off the ground floor. Um, you got a lot of growth ahead of you here. Where do you see the league in a year, five years, 10 years time? Yeah, so, I mean, the goal is to, you know, keep growing, but grow at a steady, you know, controlled pace where I can control the product, control the um, environment, and control the quality. Um, so, hopefully, you know, a year we'll have another division or two maybe, um, you know, maybe uh, an over 50 division, maybe a third open division. Um, hopefully, five years from now, we'll have, you know, maybe twice the size of what we're in now if you know, we have the field capacity for that um, 10 years from now. I mean, the whole goal is to just keep building soccer in the community, really. Um, so whether that's more soccer leagues, more divisions, or whether that's, you know, a tournament, you know, small side tournaments, whatever, you know, our members want, that's kind of the direction we'll go. Um, we don't really have, you know, a set set 10-year mark of what we're aiming to be. It's just kind of where where the tide goes and, where our nice yeah that brand dsa can do a lot of things you know it's not just it's not just limited to adult open leagues you know you can do a lot with it so looking forward to seeing what that might be um so you know obviously you've mentioned a few major challenges that you've had and just convincing teams to come over from ntpsa you know just that initial sale and then once you did get going, the lawsuit that came in from the NTPSA. So, you know, those are obviously major challenges. What do you think it took from you to just be able to overcome them and keep going? Um, I think it's it's just always been, you know, that goal of mine to be able to, you know, work for myself, kind of be able to set my own schedule. Just having the, the freedom is kind of what always drives me is, you know, you know, if I want to go kick around at noon on a Wednesday, I have that option because, you know, I, I've kind of created this company that allows me to do that. So just kind of having that motivation, um, you know, I love to travel. So being able to 
be more flexible with my schedule and travel more and um, spend time at home and just kind of having that that ability to do what I want when I want is kind of what drives me and so just uh, that vision of just knowing what you want and you know just whatever roadblocks you come across along the way are just are just that they're just roadblocks you know you're still going to go where you want to go so it's just a matter of just continuing to take those steps and just believing in that vision yeah I think it's just having that having that yeah having that vision having that goal you know of kind of your destination and what what really matters to you um and then just knowing whatever you know comes along the way it's just one you know stepping stone of that journey or one roadblock that you just have to find a way around so kind of knowing your long-term long-term goals is um what kind of keeps you keeps you so motivated you, ever have, the journey. you know goals like a goal list that you kept growing up where you would re- refer back to did you set goals for yourself for you know the beginning of the year or or anything like that i mean i've always had goals i i'm not so much of one to you know write write all my goals down in the list you know and update them throughout the year update them you know, throughout the quarter or whatever. Um, but it's always kind of something that stays in my mind. Um, you know, it's probably beneficial to be able to visualize that, that those things better and keep that list. Um, but I always just kind of, you know, keep that, keep those lists up in my head and just, you know, having, having different, different goals, short-term goals, long-term goals. Um, I think is really important to be able to keep you motivated and knowing what those short-term goals are Definitely. to get you to So for you it wasn't goals. necessarily a tangible goal that you wanted to reach but more of an overall vision or or a feeling or emotion that you wanted to uh accomplish and that's and 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 so you know your motivation stems from that Yeah exactly I mean it's not like I want to be a millionaire it's not like I want to run a soccer league with a hundred teams and it's just more of, um, you know, I want, I want to be able to create something that, you know, makes a difference in people's lives, something that, um, brings the soccer community together. And so if I can, if I can create that, I'm happy, you know, wherever that takes me along the way, you know, that's fine with me. So when people, you know, face these challenges in their lives, on their journey, why do you think they typically fail? Well, that's a good one. Um, I would say, you know, probably they're not, they don't have that long-term vision. They don't have um, that, that long-term goal that, you know, can keep motivating them. Maybe they're thinking too short-term. They're seeing, you know, a roadblock and, you know, they don't see the end goal that if they just get around, around this small little rock, you know, there's a mountain at the end that they can get on top of. Uh, so if they're, you know, thinking too short term, I think that can hurt you a lot because, you know, there's a lot of roadblocks and I've had, I've had so many, you know, I can't even list them all for Dallas soccer lines and I've only been around for one year. So, you know, if you're thinking too short term, I think that can really hurt you. Um, so it's always important to, you know, know what you want out of life, out of your job, you know, wherever, whatever your journey is. Um, and yeah, you know, staying focused, focus. not giving into those 
those temptations of instant gratification. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. That's what stops people a lot of times. They're looking for something now. And if it doesn't happen right now, well, then it was a failure in their minds. But really, it was, you know, just a step in in that direction that they didn't recognize. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, on the flip side of that, what is your definition of greatness? Ooh, man, man. you're throwing all these good ones at me. Definition of greatness. Um, you know, for me, I think um, I got to think about that one. I would say just being able to create something that, you know, something that's lasting, something that has meaning. Um, greatness can mean a lot of different things. I think, you know, being great on a soccer field and being great, you know, friend to people, being great um, just in everything you do. I think um, being able to, you know, always put your best foot forward, you know, because my great might not be mm. the same great that you're going to have, but, you know, as long as we're both putting, you know, our 100% um, towards it, you know, it's going to be as great as it can be for you individually. And I think that's important to, you know, you don't need to compare yourself to everyone else in this world. You just need to focus on you and focus on giving, you know, everything you have to whatever you're working on. Um, and that's kind of what, what makes you great and what makes that's you know, awesome. what you're working on great. That's awesome. Um, okay. Two more questions. What piece of advice would you have given to your younger self? Whether that was, you know, as a kid playing soccer or, you know, just moving to Dallas uh, from Ohio and starting work as a young adult or whether that was just starting out in business. Um, I would say probably if I'm talking to a younger self of me, I think it'd just be a challenge myself more. Um, you know, just thinking soccer specifically, um, you know, soccer, club soccer wasn't necessarily that as big as it was now, at least in Ohio, you know, back when I was growing up and you know, even especially when my parents were growing up, that wasn't even an option for them. So, you know, they didn't really necessarily see the different ways it could take me, um, but just challenging myself to you know, go into a, you know, maybe playing for a, a higher caliber team that's going to challenge me more. I might not be, you know, starting every game necessarily, but it's going to challenge me to work harder to get into that position, you know, versus being in a more comfortable place that you, you kind of know the outcome already. Um, so I think being able to take more risk, um, putting yourself out there a little bit more and, um, trying to improve, you know, at a younger age. So that way, you know, cause I never played in college. Um, and, you know, I think if I challenged myself more at a younger age, that would have been a, you know, a path I could have taken, but, you know, I never really took those. Yeah. Took those that risks comfort zone is younger. a dangerous thing, man. And it's, it's difficult for most people to step out of that and really, you know, push their, their boundaries. So I think that's, something that's super super important for everybody everyone can get a lot out of just just working to step out of the zone every day you know if you do that every single day you're going to transform you're going to become everything that you want to be as a person last question what mess yeah absolutely these people with 
Um, I think just the fact that, you know, I've been in Dallas for, you know, only six years really at this point, And just the amount of people I've met by playing soccer has been, you know, just incredible. Um, the friendships I've made, the teammates, the, you know, even the, the people you hate to play against, but you still yeah. you respect them because of how good they are. Um, yeah. So just, I, I just, that's just what I love about Dallas so much is the soccer community and the, the bonds I've made and the people that have helped me along the way. I'm just so lucky to, you know, have all these people in my life. And, um, you know, I would have never, never met all these people if I wasn't so, if I didn't try to be involved as much. Um, so I think just making sure people, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get more involved, just reach out to more people, you know, everyone's always wanting to always willing to help. And, um, you know, anytime I've ever asked someone a question or asked for advice, you know, I've never been turned down because people are always, always wanting to help. So I think the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to get back. And yeah, um, I hope that's what people do. That was something that was challenging for you, like getting out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert and, um, so I'm not, I'm not the one to go out there and, you know, be the life of a party or meet a bunch of people. But once I step on a soccer field, it's a whole different ball game because, you know, that's the world I, I know and understand. And, you know, I'll be the one, the first one screaming at someone to get in position or tell them good job or, uh, you know, congratulating someone after a goal. So, um, trying to be able to translate, you know, that, feeling to the rest of my life and um friendships yeah soccer is a good platform to be able to 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 kind of through to the rest of your life for sure awesome man well thank you so much for your time it was great to hear your story thank you for sharing um you know definitely would like to catch up again sometime in the future see how dsa is doing um so thanks again thanks for coming on man Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Sean, and good luck with uh, UPSL. And I appreciate Factor that, sir. You have Thank you guys on. for listening to another episode of the Footy Pod. This was Ben Bauer with the Dallas Soccer Alliance. Ben, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you know you can reach out to us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, just search Dallas Soccer Alliance or go to DallasSoccerAlliance.com and. Um, you'll find a little bit more information about us and uh, you'll have my contact info up there. So if you guys want to reach out, call, text, email, whatever. Awesome. There you have it, guys. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time. Peace.